Welcome to Touching Hearts and Changing Lives, hosted by Rev. Otley Holmes, Senior Pastor of Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church in Mesa, Arizona, where our vision is touching hearts and changing lives by the power of His Word, Luke 4, 18 and 19. Our mission is to go ye therefore and teach all nations, Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Now, please join us in a study of the Word of God. Welcome once again to Touching Hearts and Changing Lives. This is Pastor Holmes, your host. It is my privilege and my pleasure to be back amongst my listening audience once again. I thank and praise God for this opportunity to be able to be your Bible teacher for this short amount of time that we are together. But as always, let us go before the throne of grace. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for allowing us to come into your uh, presence once again for the study of your word. We pray now, Lord, that your spirit will take control of our hearts and minds, conform us into the image of your Son, Jesus. We ask this all in Jesus' name, for his name's sake. Amen. Well, if you've been tuning in, uh, you know that we are in an extended study in the book of Acts, and we're going to begin chapter 15 and, and begin to continue to march through the book of Acts. I love the book of Acts. The book of Acts is my yardstick. It is my barometer. It's how I gauge how well I am leading my church in the name of Jesus Christ. So let us begin our study Acts chapter 15, verse 1. If you have your Bibles handy, please join me. If you don't have them, then when you go home, when you do have that time to open your word, please open your word. Be like the Bereans. Don't take my word for anything. Study the show thyself approved. Verse 1. And certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, Except ye be circumcised after the manner of Moses, ye cannot be saved. When therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain other of them should go up to Jerusalem and unto, uh, unto the apostles and the elders about this question. And being brought on their way by the church, they passed through uh, Phoenicia and Samaria, declaring the conversion of the Gentiles, and they caused great joy unto all the brethren. And when they were come to Jerusalem, and they were received of the church and of the apostles and elders and declared all the things that God had done with them. But there rose up certain of the sect of Pharisees, which believed, saying that it was needful to circumcise them and commanded them to keep the law of Moses. Now, this is the story of the great council at Jerusalem. There were some dissenters from the Judean churches that, that was a powerful force, so powerful that an argument arose and, and the emphasis had continued down through the centuries. There's still that argument today even that you must be circumcised in order to be saved. This was this, the, the act of circumcision. We know in the Old Testament was given as a sign, but the basic question here is arising about salvation and is a ritual or ceremony, is it really necessary to be saved? Not so. But these dissenters were teachers and leaders. They were well-versed in the scriptures. Some of our, our first believers uh, were considered uh, mature. They were elder statesmen, and they were esteemed highly. Therefore, what they said was considered very important. Now, sometimes somebody can be totally wrong, but because of their status, whatever they say, puts weight on what they say, and then people will begin to wonder, well, I know the pastor's saying this, but 
this person that we esteem highly over there saying something totally opposite from what the pastor is supposed to is saying, who do we believe? So now starts this dissension between the pastor and this highly esteemed person. Now, if you believe that your pastor is sent by God, then you need to understand as long as your pastor is coming from the word of God, then you obey what your pastor says and not what this highly esteemed person says, no matter how well versed in scripture they must might be. Because if they are wrong, they're wrong. Except ye be circumcised was the cry. You cannot be saved. A person's eternal fate was at stake here. The dissenters did not say that they should undergo the ritual, but they said they had to be obedient to Scripture, to please God, to please the church, to demonstrate their love, to identify with believers. The dissenters were saying that believers must undergo the ritual and be circumcised in order to be saved. The issue here was not whether a believer should be circumcised. Paul never said that circumcision was wrong. He maintained that since Christ had come, circumcision was a personal matter and a matter of conscience. If a person wished to be circumcised, then let him be circumcised. Down through the centuries, a host of Gentile believers, even 2,000 plus years after Jesus Christ, have been circumcised and not become Jews. But this group of dissenters here were saying that in order for anyone to be saved, they had to follow the Mosaic law and to become circumcised. The issue was not whether a person should be or ritualized, but whether the ritual was necessary to be saved. And is a person's mind and attention to be upon Jesus alone or upon Jesus and a ritual? Let me ask another question. Is a person's faith to be in Jesus alone or in Jesus and a ritual. Another question for you. Is a person's profession to, to declare Jesus alone or Jesus and a ritual? Is a person's life to bear the testimony to Jesus alone or to Jesus and a ritual? So when we see that when we try to add to faith alone in Jesus Christ, we are now flying in the face of the word of God and therefore, we are actually kicking against the pricks. We're trying to add something to the word of God because, let me say it like this. We know that the law is weak through the flesh. That's what Paul said in Romans. And what Paul was trying to tell us is that there is no man who can keep the law perfectly. But there was one that came and his name was Jesus. The law is not done away with. The law is the law. But Jesus said, I didn't come to do away with it, but to fulfill it. So we are made perfect in Christ. Apart from him, we truly can do nothing. We cannot fulfill the law. The only way we can fulfill the law is by being in Christ. We understand and know that Jesus did it all. So Paul and Barnabas argue time and time again against this teaching, declaring that the ritual of circumcision is not necessary for salvation. And there was no small dissension going on. There was no little bit amount of, of questioning. There was It was frequent and it was long. It was involved questioning and challenging each other as uh, in, in this uh, attitude and air of dissension. And you know how sometimes we can get in church this day and age when disputes come up about doctrine and then one person takes this stance, and another person takes this stance and the next thing you know the questioning is going on and on and on so just like it can be today in this day 
uh, with Paul and Barnabas, it was no small issue. The issue was bound to, the criti- to be critical to Paul, or else he would not have gone to such limits to argue the point. You know, when you know that you know that you know, and you're standing on the truth of the word of God, you have to take that stand sometimes. You know, some there are those in our churches today that say, well, we shouldn't argue, we shouldn't debate, and we just want to roll over. No, when things are wrong, things are wrong. We need to take the bold stance to say that they are wrong. There was the decision of Antioch Church to seek the counsel of the Jerusalem church. They were going back to the to headquarters, if you will. They were going back to the mother church. God told Paul to go. And that says in, I went up by revelation. And it says, a declaration by the apostles would carry great weight and help tremendously in, in silencing those who wanted to try and add a ritual to salvation. So a declaration by the Jerusalem church would provide a great weapon to use in the struggle against ritual salvation. Now, we know that John 5.24 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that hath sent me have everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but has passed from death unto life. It doesn't say a word about the circumcision. It says everything about believing on the Son of God. John 20.31 says, But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. Again, nothing regarding circumcision, everything regarding Jesus the Christ. And being brought on their way to the church, as Paul and Barnabas began their journey to Jerusalem, a great company from Antioch Church escorted them as they as a mark of great affection and honor. They they rallied around these two preachers to encourage them, if you will. Acts twenty thirty eight says, sorrowing most of all for the words which he spake, that they should see his face no more, and they accompanied him into the ship. Every now and then, we preachers need to be uh, uh, lifted up. We need to be encouraged. We need to be strengthened. And when we see people rallying around us, it encourages our hearts. Now, the servants utilized every opportunity. That's Paul and Barnabas utilized every opportunity to preach the word of God. They let nothing hold them back. They continued to preach the word of God to the people of God, whether they wanted to hear it or not hear it. Because every time you begin to preach about sin, every time you begin to show people where they have gone against the word of God, people do not always love to hear what you're saying. So we have to stand strong and we have to tell the truth. We have to tell the story. So does a man have to accept the whole law before he can be saved? The idea here was to have a formal meeting in the church to finally iron out this question. The Jerusalem dissenters were the sect of the Pharisees, and we know they loved the legalism. The great Jerusalem council was meeting the second time. Let's let's pick up in in, in verse 6 before my time runs out. And the apostles and the elders came together to consider this matter. And when they had been much disputing, Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, ye know how that good while ago God made a choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of God of the gospel and believe. Well, unfortunately, I'm going to have to hold it up there until next week. So we'll pick it up again in in, in this, this seventh verse, and we will continue forward. But 
Please visit us on the web, www.smbcmesa.org, or stop by on any Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock for Bible study, or Sunday morning at 9 a.m. for Sunday school, 11 o'clock for worship service. We're not about form and fashion there. We just simply love the Word. Please pray for our missionaries as they travel around the world to keep them out of harm's way, and we'll be blessed by that. Please tune in again next week. Invite somebody, tell somebody about the program. I hope this has blessed your heart as much as it blesses mine to bring it to you. Take care and God bless. See you again next week. Touching Hearts and Changing Lives radio program is an outreach ministry of Shiloh Missionary Church and is hosted by Reverend Otley W. Holmes, Jr., Senior Pastor. Please join us every Saturday evening at 7 p.m. on KXXT 1010. We're located at 56 South Robson Mesa, Arizona, 85210. It's right on the corner of Robson and First Avenue in downtown Mesa. Service times are Wednesday evening prayer meeting, 5.30 to 7 p.m. and Bible study, 7 p.m. PM to 8:30 PM Sunday morning Sunday school 9 a.m. Worship service is at 11 a.m. For more information, call 480-844-2687 or email sbchurch1011 at quest.net. Be sure to log on to the website www.smbcmesa.org. This program has been sponsored by the membership of Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church.